Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wealth Tech Show. This is CityWise podcast devoted to the tech that is driving innovation and progress in wealth management and financial advice. Now, I've got a fantastic guest lined up today in the form of Simon Bullock, who runs uh, IFA business Mulberry Bow in London. So firstly, Simon, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Nice it, to be here. It's, it's good to have you and good to see you again. I don't think I've seen you since before the pandemic. I think so that's right. Yeah, it's it, probably been a couple of years in. Yeah. Yeah. And I still can't grow a proper beard, but I'm trying. <laughs> I, I promise. Um, so Simon, I I want to talk to you today because we've got a newsletter coming out themed entirely on wealth managers and financial advisors who have built their own technology solutions. And, and what I'm looking at here really is is this idea that some of the best innovations, understandably so, come from the people that are using the tools, the people who actually know what's needed. And I I want to kind of pick your brains about what you're building at the moment at Mulberry Bow and, and give you a chance to talk about it, essentially, the struggles of building it and also the joys of what it can be. So, so Simon, to get us started, could you tell us a bit about your business first? I think that's probably a good start, isn't it? And then from that, what, why you've gotten to this position where you're now working on fostering a new tech uh, you know, a tech offering? Yeah, absolutely. And happy to. So um, we set Mulberry Bow up um, about six and a half years ago, um, spring of 2015. Uh, I did it as a joint venture initially with an accountancy practice. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we very amicably um, sort of bought out the, the partners of the accountancy firm. So we're now completely independently owned by myself, the staff, the team, um, and uh, three of our clients that invested in, in the business. So um, it's, it's been you know, a, an interesting journey, as I'm sure you can, you can imagine. I've never set up my own business before. Um, the accountancy partners were very supportive, but they but but they obviously let me you know get on with it. So um, it pretty much rested on my shoulders, especially initially. But then over time, um, I brought people in that I you know trust and, and enjoy working with, and, and increasingly it's very much a team based approach. So there's eight of us now. Uh, we look after about 125 clients, which I think most people in the wealth management financial planning world will think that's quite a small number and it is and that's deliberate um we cap our clients at uh, numbers at 50 uh, per chartered financial planner um, we have three soon to be four chartered financial planners in the team so it's sort of 200 seats on the bus if you like and mm -hmm. we filled 125 of those um but without needing to hire another advisor we can obviously grow you know quite a bit. Um, that does mean that we focus on relatively high net worth clients. So we have a minimum of half a million pounds of investable assets in terms of the kind of clients we serve. Um, and about half our clients are in the sort of wealth creation, if you like, mode, you know, maybe a little bit younger, 30s, 40s, um, typically investing somewhere around sort of half a million to two. Uh, and the other half of our clients um, are more established, maybe 40s, 50s, 60s, um, and are investing over two, you know, even to the extent that uh, I think our, our wealthiest clients may be worth about 100. So we don't have a typical client profile. Okay. Uh, just one thing, actually, before I, I, I move on to the intended subject matter, if you could automate more of your processes, would you take on more clients? Um, I think that's a really good question. I think, I think, uh, I think at the level of the business, yes. You know, but I don't think we'll ever change our commitment to the clients of, of the 50. I think what our intention is, and, and, I, and I, you know, I think the background that we just touched on, it will become clear why that's quite important when we talk about the tool we're, we're, yeah. we're building because we're very much building a tool that we think works particularly well uh, for financial planning firms that have 
clients above a certain level, um, and that level will be around half a million uh, invested. Um, but because of because of that level, um, we do want to give those clients a lot of attention and be quite proactive, quite hands-on. And so, although we would like to become as efficient as possible in our use of tech, and we we put a lot of effort into that, you know, today. And we, and as, as you say, we're building a tool for, for that purpose. Um, we see that as an opportunity to free up time to to you know to, to work even harder on those on those mm-hmm. fifty clients rather than change the fifty say to a hundred clients per advisor. But at the business level, I think it would allow us to grow as a business without uh, in any way um, sort of you know, like sacrificing the quality of of advice and of service. So mm-hmm. definitely at the business level, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so on from that, obviously you work with a lot of clients who are entrepreneurial mm-hmm. and in that wealth creation stage. You yourself, entrepreneurial, and now you've taken the decision to introduce a new tech solution mm-hmm. and work on that and and pilot that. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us how that came about? Yeah, it came, what we found actually over the last sort of six and a half years of, of running the business, because we do... Uh, we're very lucky, you know, in terms of um, our client numbers per advisor. We uh, we get the chance to really get to know our clients, and that's really important to us. Um, and one of our clients, um, is a very bright chap, you know, first in maths from Cambridge and so on. But um, he uh, his background was in stru- he's a big four trained accountant, went into the structuring side of an investment bank, ended up being head of capital markets, um, and then um, with his business partner, who's of similar background, um, set up his own hedge fund. Um, not long before lockdown, the two chaps who are both clients of ours um, decided to wind down the hedge fund. And, you know, especially when COVID hit and this, this particular chap couldn't travel, um, his colleague, business partner, was um, studying for, a, you know, as a, as a sort of a passion project, if you like, do, doing a doing a master's in history. Um, so he was at a little bit of a loose end and he started building this tech tool really for monitoring his own uh, investments and portfolios. Um, so that's kind of how it came about. And then once he'd worked on it for a while, um, he came to me and, and also spoke to his business partner and said, hey guys, look, I think this could this could turn into something. And we, in total, it's had about 18 months of, of development time now, and it's just coming to that point where we can start to pilot it. Yeah, I'm just thinking there, just hats off to your client. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I think tech people, it kind of astounds me that you, know, you, have, you have your spare time. You've got this kind of perfect opportunity to finally rest up and you spend it building a tech tool for your investments it really is uh, just, just an incredible thing to do so what what difference is it making you know theoretically because i realize you've not fully rolled it out yet sure but what what real difference is it making right now for your advisors and for your clients yeah i think if you look at a financial planning business of any size and any 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 kind of client profile there there are two challenges if you like one is that when you onboard the client initially, when you take that client on, the way that you do it will have implications for uh, how easy it is to advise that client in the future and how easy it is to do so compliantly and, and, and properly. Um, and, you know, if we, I would say, are, are probably a bit more, you know, tech-enabled, if you like, than, mm-hmm. than, than perhaps the average financial planning firm because we're relatively young, um, both as a business but also as a team. I'm the old git in the team at 46. <laughs> um, but my senior team are all mid-30s and our, our power planner team, if you like, are all in their you know, early, early 20s. So, you know, we're quite a young kind of tech aware team however um, we send what we call our wealth philosophy questions to prospective clients before we meet them which is 10 questions about what money means to them what's important to them um, and we send that as a pdf 
And, and it's just quite an interesting example, I think, that even a relatively tech-enabled firm that is paperless, et cetera, you know, you've got a situation where there's clients printing that PDF, scribbling answers, maybe scanning it back to you. You're then maybe typing it up into Word, you know, as part of your meeting note. Yeah, sure. Then you're yeah. copying and pasting it into a PowerPoint deck to share your, your what you've understood from that client after, at that first meeting, you know, because we send a PDF of a PowerPoint and so on and so forth. So by the time we actually take that client on, that information has probably been copied and pasted about four times, um, written out at least once manually. So it's just it's, it's it's a small example, but I think it probably gives you a feel for that 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 pinch point. The second pinch point is obviously servicing clients. You know, the more clients you've got, the more review meetings you do. We like to see our clients every six months, typically. Um, you know, and and. There's a lot of, um, you know, if you like the swan analogy, you know, for the advisor going into the meeting, hopefully presents quite a composed um, uh, sort of front, if you like, to the client. But obviously there's a lot of work going on under the surface in terms of the advisor and the power planning team. And, and a lot of that, again, can be a little bit manual, especially if the client has money on different platforms. But to be honest, even if they, even if they don't. Yeah, and just to... You know, bring out the salesperson in you because I realise this isn't this product isn't currently for uh, you know for, for use by other advisors at other companies. Mm. But, but quickly, um, I can't recall if you mentioned it already. But firstly, what's its name? And then yeah, secondly, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Secondly, you know, in a nutshell, what what is it that it does? Sure. So it's called Confident. Um, so C, you know, C O N F I D A N T E. Uh, Confidant is a tool that more, more, you know, more, more than anything is, a, is a, an end-to-end workflow solution. So from the minute you get introduced to that prospective client, uh, right through to when you're servicing that client, um, it's it's a sort of press of a button, if you like, solution to all of the things that generally you want to do with that client, um, capturing that information, such as what I described, doing that in a kind of intelligent, automated technology-driven way, um, and then also then building out that client's, you understand that client's investments and so on, but also um, as we develop it, we'll, it will also have tax capabilities. So for example, it have ready reckoners around inheritance tax. It's not trying to replace the cash flow modeling tool that we use, um, but it's looking to try to sort of sit alongside that uh, to give that client uh, and the advisor, of course, a picture of all of that client's assets and investments, their tax position, have they funded their ISA this year, how much of their capital gains tax have they used, Are they, you know, what do they, I mean, one of the questions and one of the problems, if you like, that this tool was initially developed to answer is, you know, sometimes a client might ask a relatively innocent question like, you know, how much have I got in China and think that's quite an easy question to answer for the advisor, but it's actually surprisingly difficult yeah. to look through, you know, all of the different investments that client might have, especially if they're on different platforms. But again, even if they're on one platform, different funds, different strategies, it can actually take some time to answer that question. Confident, it's a, t- it's a one second job. You know, you press a button, you'll have all the geographical analysis of that client's portfolio and it will go across ISAs, pensions, GIA, you know, family investment company for appropriate, you know, whatever different structures, tr- trusts, whatever different wrappers they might have, it will you, you will tick the wrappers that you want to look at and it will give you a consolidated picture of whatever that question is that's been asked. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're essentially reducing the amount of logins that you need to do, reducing the amount of data entry points. Correct. And, and just making the whole thing slicker. Slicker, seamless, easier to be uh, compliant. Um, easier to also look across clients. So effectively, I have two capabilities. It will allow you to look at a particular client at any level of sort of detail within reason that you would want to do. But it also allows you to look across clients. You might want to know, hey, you know what, it's January. 
I want to know, you know, all the clients that I've got that haven't funded their IC yet this year, or all the clients I've got that have at least a thousand pounds of capital gains tax allowance left. Or so you can ask it that question and it will immediately come up with, okay, Simon, you know, these are the fifteen clients you need to get on the phone to. And what we'll be developing you know, in time as part of sort of phase two, which will be coming, you know, probably second half of next year is a c- ability to link into secure messaging services like Quill Messenger, which is a secure messenger service mm-hmm. we use. Because, you know, it'd be very nice to then be able to click on a button and say, hey, right, message those 15 clients to say, look, guys, you need to fund your ISA. Um, you know, give me a ring or I'm going to give you a ring or let me know if you're happy for me to do that automatically from your GIA or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah, it's funny because when we're trying to look at these technology solutions, it's, you, you almost want to put it in a, in a bucket of some sort, say it's a mm. platform or a back office system mm. or a, you know, cash flow modeling tool. But mm. it seems like this is several things, right? Yeah, it will kind of sit across all those things. I mean, we use Intelligent Office IO, um, which I think is the market, market leader for back office systems. And I, and I think that is you know, in many ways a fantastic tool because it can do so much, but it's also a very, you know, it's a a very sort of deep, complex, not particularly intuitive tech solution, particularly for advisors. You know, advisors in general think a little bit differently, I think, to to people who um, uh, sort of thrive as power planners, even though a lot of us started out, you know, as power planners. I think once you're dealing with people all day and you're trying to think about, you know, people's estate planning and so on, it's quite difficult to then go in. And, and so what we want to do, for example, is with IO and with I4C, the cash flow modeling tool we use and Quill Messenger and these other tools, is to actually sit across those. So the cl- advisor will come in and effectively they'll open, typically I suspect Microsoft Outlook and they'll open Confidant. And those will be the two things on their screen. But they'll be able to, they'll be able to draw information in from other sources, whether that's the investment platforms, which will be feeding through automatically via an API every day. So end of each day, all those portfolios automatically update uh, from platforms such as AJ Bell and Fusion and so on. Um, but it'll also have an ability to sort of go go in and out of things, other tools. So it wants to be, it, you know, we want it to be complementary. We don't want it to be, oh my God, I've got another thing that I've got to yeah. kind of, you know, log into and work out. It should be very intuitive and it should only assist your usage of those other tools rather than get in the way of it. I find it interesting that you're, you're speaking in complementary terms about existing providers. Mm. And it looks to me very much like you weren't sat at your desk thinking, my current tech stack isn't doing the job. Mm. Instead, a client has produced a solution and you've thought, wait, this is better. Yeah, I think that's a very good way of describing it because I think there's probably two main steps that, you know, that financial planning business and wealth management business want to kind of go through. And I think we took the first step, which I would describe as going from paper to Excel, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, we're paperless, yeah. but but if we step away and we're really, you know, self-critical, which we do try to be as a business, you know, it's Excel, it's Word, it's, it's that Microsoft Office tech stack, right? That's what you're really relying on. You're doing PowerPoint, you're doing lots of copy and paste, you're doing lo- you've got lots of yeah. bright grads from working on Excel spreadsheets, et cetera. You know, that's step one, it's not step two. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I was just going to ask, when, when was that step one for you? We did it from the start, and one of the accountancy partners almost fell off his chair when we explained we weren't going to have paper files wow. like six, I, seven years ago. And that's a funny thing, six, seven years ago. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I love it, though, because the recent episodes, as I was, I was saying to you before we started recording, have been on NFTs. We've been looking at uh, you know, ma- the mafia and cybercrime mm. and things like that. Mm. And the IFA world... I, you know, I think the point I tried to make with this podcast is that technology can do so much for you mm. and people haven't quite adopted it. I know six or seven years is a long time. We've had yeah. a lockdown as well and people have really reassess- yeah, re-evaluated true. their tech stack, true. But at the same time, 
there is so much going on. If we only focus on what we're doing in our own market, I think we miss out on so many exciting developments and so yeah, many agreed. exciting things. Agreed. So yeah, and it's it's just funny that you had to make that conversation seven years ago about yeah. not using paper. No, I mean to be fair, the the, the partners of the accounts firm that most involved in the practice completely got it, but there was one who was a little bit old school and yeah. he found it quite difficult to get his head around. But I think that's right, and I think you know that step two is is not that you stop using Excel because Excel is a really helpful tool. But that you start to use technology in a much more integrated way, and you have more of that, if you like, that end-to-end digitalization of your process, mm-hmm. rather than rather than tech just be kind of part of the process, but in in a quite a manual way, if you yeah. like. It's actually going more down the route of you know apps, and you know. So, for example, with the with the Quill Messenger app, you know, before a client. We'll, we, we'll see a client initially on a no fee, no obligation basis, like most firms, I think. But if we think there could be a good fit between you know what they're looking for and what we do, we'll do a follow-up meeting that's also no fee, no obligation. But before that meeting, we'll ask them to download Quill Messenger because we want to communicate with them before that meeting to make sure we've understood their situation correctly and we want to do it securely and we don't want to be faffing about passwords. So yeah. very easy for them to download that app. If they don't become a client, no problem, they can delete it off their phone. You know, So I think that's an example of where we've changed, whereas before it would have been email, it would have been, you know, again, nothing wrong with email per se, but I think like a lot of firms, we just, we had way too many emails, you know, coming in, going out. And by moving more to sort of like an app, app-based approach, we just found immediately that was much more intuitive and, 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 and slicker, if you like. Yeah, you're not the first person I've heard say that either. Uh, so I want to look at the development, well, the development process now because mm-hmm. you've obviously integrated this tool into what you're doing. Have you had to change it at all? Have you had to, uh, you know, adapt it much? I see you nodding along yeah, there. So it's I'm a really, assume. really, yeah, yeah really Tell astute us question. It, yeah. yeah, it's changed hugely. I mean, we very much initially focused on um, portfolio reporting and analysis. You know, this press on a button idea to answer those questions that clients quite understandably ask. I mean, another one is time-weighted performance, right? You know, or you know, time-weighted, money-weighted, but you know, not more than just simple return performance is actually, you know, a lot of the platforms actually struggle a little bit with that in my experience. So, you know, that's how it kind of started out. And that's why initially we thought it would only really be relevant to financial planning and wealth management businesses that focus on clients that are investing, you know, a million, two million, three million and up. What it's become is, as I touched on before, I think, you know, end-to-end workflow tool that has that portfolio reporting and analysis capability within it but it's actually much more about bringing all these different threads together of the process that you go through as a financial planning firm and 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 i think you know it's probably fair to say most wealth management firms as well so it's come a long way over the last 18 months and the two clients what the client that was studying finished his uh, his history masters and he's now working alongside um so there's two two of our clients are working on it you know putting a lot of time into it and we've made sure that they get plenty of access to me and the team. Because, of course, when you're developing a tool like that, there's nothing better than having that constant feedback loop from effectively a firm that represents, you know, your end customer and the kind of business that we think. Because we, we're not developing this tool just for Mulberry Bow. We're developing this tool because we think that Mulberry Bow will find it, you know, we'll find it in, 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 invaluable. Um, but, you know, we think, well, if we find it invaluable, surely other firms will too, yeah. you know. And we look at the model... A friend of mine, um, John Rolfe, was one of the founders of I4C, the cash flow modeling tool that uh, got bought by IntelliFlow a couple of years ago. And that was a really good example. Those guys developed that, you know, for themselves because they didn't like the cash flow modeling tools that were out there. And, of course, they thought, well, actually, you know, and we won the beta testing firms for, for I4C. So it's probably a similar sort of model. Why keep it to ourselves, you know, if, if other people can 
can get value out of it, great. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's an interesting one as well, because when we look at tech, there are certain solutions that work for different types of business. And you touched upon that by you know, mentioning that you thought this could just be for the ultra high net worth or the you know, very high net worth end of the market. So do you think this is a tool that pretty much any advice firm could integrate and get value from. Yeah, I think that's where it's ended up is it will be really valuable for any advice firm of any of you know regardless of the client segment they focus on. I think there might be some of the functionality that they'll use a bit more with the bigger clients, you know, but broadly speaking I think a lot of the value that it will add it will add to kind of any client relationship that they might have or on, on the onboarding process of any of any client. Um, but yeah, I think that um, that that was that was, as you quite rightly mentioned before, it's part of that trial and error, really, where you're sort of seeing what, what is this going to become, what can it do, what it can't do. I mean, I think phase two or possibly three, but, you know, if we look at it on a two, three-year view, we also think that it will be able to produce consolidated tax reporting because the tool works at the transactional level. So it actually understands not only what your portfolios are doing, it understands when those portfolios buy or sell anything and um, the price they buy and sell it at, et cetera. So that's exactly what you need to have a meaningful tax report. Now, we've got to be, of course, very careful because we don't want to become an accountancy firm. We, well, we might want to you know, roll the tool out to accountancy firms as part of that, that later phase. But initially, we want to just make sure it really works for financial planning firms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting you're on that kind of feedback stage. I remember speaking to Ray Adams years ago, obviously, you know, founder of Cash Calc and, and Niche IFA, and he would <laughs> always tell me how the best ideas he got were from other financial planners right. when he was testing his tool. And I kind of think for you, you're probably, once you launch this thing, you're about to enter that stage and it seems like such a steep learning curve but but Ray would always tell me that with a big smile on his face so I assume I assume it's a enjoyable experience it is I spoke to Ray for a few years ago he's a nice chap and um yeah I I think that's right we don't see other financial planning firms as our competition you know we 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 are you know we are fans if you like of independent financial planning firms you know um and we you know we we are collaborative if you like in our outlook and when I get introduced to people who run other firms or you know my attitude is not not on looking at the competition it's you know what can we what can we talk about and help each other succeed and ideas we can share and I ran a forum for a while that actually called leaf that was all around that idea um, and I've only really stopped that in the last few years just because of lack of time but I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, in financial planning firms sharing ideas and I think the better financial planning firms you know have that have that outlook that collaborative mm-hmm. forward-looking outlook Oh, for sure, for sure. I completely agree. And uh, one other thing, obviously, if you're looking to launch this tool to to the market, how far away from that do you think you are? And, and what tweaks do you need to make now before you're ready? You know, is, is it the technology itself that needs work? Or is it or is it actually more of a case of marketing or preparing your business and resources? Yeah, for this? Pro- probably a bit of each year. And I think we so the Q1 of 2020, 2022, will be what I would call pre-beta beta testing. So it will just be tested within Mulberry Bow. Um, and we have already have clients that put their hand up and said they're happy, you know, there's a bit of buzz actually amongst some of the clients we talked about about being the guinea pigs for it because, you know, it can't do any damage. It can only produce additional content-rich reporting at the press of a button. So they're interested to see that and interact with that. Um, so that that will be the focus. And then we'll slowly roll it out within Mulberry Bow once we know it works so on. And then we'll probably then go to beta, proper beta testing, probably, you know, around about the spring summer time and um, we'll approach three or four firms that will give the opportunity if they would like because um, one of the reasons I think that's quite appealing one of the reasons we put our hand up to be a beta tester for I4C is you actually get to shape the tool a little bit so yeah. you know as you say feedback's really key for for us as the creators of Confidant but but it's also really helpful if you 
if you are one of those beta clients, then you get to say, oh, I'd love it if it could do this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's a bit of each. I think it's 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 some marketing at that point, you know, to make sure we start raising profile. But that will probably really kick in after that. So maybe if, you know, for argument's sake, if we, if by the end of next year, it's uh, or early, early 2023, if we've tested it not only with Mulberry Bow but with three or four other firms and it's and it's working and it's adding a lot of value, that's probably when we would probably market it more widely. Um, in terms of, you know, the structure of the business, I think, again, once we've tested it with the Mulberry Bow, that's probably when we'd look to raise some money from investors and actually sort of set it up as a, a proper business, if you like. At the moment, it's not a business. It's an idea and it's, a you know, it's a pet project. Um, but, it, but I think it will become a business. And I think... Um, and I think it could be quite a, quite an exciting one. Really interesting, really really interesting. And uh, you know, another question that I'm going to ask you, and this will be the last question for you, Simon. And this week in the newsletter, we're asking other people who have been in your shoes and decided to create, or you know, similar to you, there's been an innovation that's come to their business that they've decided to harbour and foster and uh, and grow. Uh, I want to know what advice you have for other people who find themselves in the same situation. Either someone who has an idea that they think could be really good and could be a, a, you know, a useful innovation for the advice or the wealth market, or even for someone who has a client like you've had come to them and say, what about this? What have you learned so far from this experience? And what, what do you think people should know before they get into doing something like you've done with Confidant? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the, the thing that jumps into my mind the, the most the thing that's been the most if you like valuable for me and, and I, you know I, I should emphasize that you know it's very much that my, my it's our two clients that have put the, the majority of the work into this um one of them in particular not not me but from my perspective it is really reaching out to people who've done something similar so you know I reached out, for example, to the founder of Quill Messenger. I reached out to the founder of I4C, you know, one of the key, key founders in John, John Rolfe. And, and, you know, talking to them about, you know, exactly as you're asking me, you know, kind of like, what did you do? What mistakes did you make? You know, how can I learn from them? That was the most valuable thing I did. So I think if there is someone out there that's got an idea or is fostering, if you like, as you say, like an idea, you know, within their business, probably a bit different to the day to the day job, as it were. Um, I would say try and think of the most similar thing that you you kind of know of. It helps if you know. I mean, I was lucky. I knew a couple of people that had done it. But actually, I think that even if you didn't know them, if you reached out and said, this is what I'm trying to do, can I buy you a coffee? You know, I think generally and you've got they're free. not worried about you taking market share or anything like no, that? No, because I think what, what, um, what our tool will hopefully end up doing is, is there's nothing out there really that uh, that does it because if there was I'd just go and buy that yeah. you know um, I'd go <laughs> yeah, and, I'd go, and, I'd go and take a that. subscription you know for Mulberry Bow with that tool I yeah. wouldn't go through all the you know and ask my clients to go through all the effort of building some things but we genuinely don't we, there's some things out there that are sort of similar um, but we don't think there's anything that that, that that really does what we we hope and expect this will be able to do yeah I think that's a good message isn't it I, I think as much as there are times when you can't and it's commercially sensitive collaboration seems seems useful, especially in the advice market. I think so. And I think it's also knowing what you're not good at. You know, we, we, we don't expect the tool to be, it's not going to be a cash flow modeling tool. It's not going to be a back office. So there's no sort of, you know, competition, if you like, with, with you know, things that are in those spaces. Um, as I say, the only thing it could compete with would be something that does what it's going to do. And I don't, you know, there's some things that do sort of similar things, I suppose, but... But yeah, I, you know, my feeling is there isn't really anything out there that does what this will be able to do. Okay, that's always a good point to finish on, isn't it? Talk <laughs> about at all. Thank you, Simon. A real pleasure to have you join us today. Great to catch up with you as well. And thank you to everyone who's listening in. This has been the Wealth Tech Show, and I've been Ian Horn. Goodbye for now. <laughs>